Hello and welcome to Between the Mountains podcast with me, Chris. And today we welcome Liana from Seeking the Now on Instagram. I recommend you check out her profile. She is one of the most underrated photographers on Instagram. Her shots are incredible and she blends it with some adventure too. And today she comes and talks to us about climbing Mount Baker at a spicy 3,286 meters in Washington. A really fantastic time having a chat with her. I hope you enjoy it too. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing and email me on btmtravelpod at gmail.com if you'd like to come on the show too. Otherwise, let's just get into it. So welcome to Between the Mountains podcast. Lovely to have you on, Liana. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be on. Perfect, perfect. So today we are going to be talking about Mount Baker and summiting it. Um, yeah. What was the overall trip? What was the overall impressions like? It was probably one of the most amazing things I've honestly ever done. I've never done anything like it before. And I think it was like pretty impressionable and guided a lot of my choices later on. And yeah, it was, I don't know, it really stuck with me. Yeah, perfect. I mean, and why, why were you there in the first place? How did you end up going? So I'm going to start like a little bit back. Um, yeah, go for it. October, I was flying over to my friend in New York and I was looking down at the mountains over the Cascades and I remember writing in my journal and I was like, what would I do if I wasn't scared? And immediately I wrote, I would climb mountains. I have grown up in Seattle. I've always been hiking, but I've never taken that step to like get to the next like level, I guess. And nobody in my family has. Um, and it seemed slightly terrifying to me, but also like so exciting. Um, and so probably I want to say like a month later, I saw my friend was going to this photographer, Scott Kranz's workshop. Um, and it was actually more of a talk, I guess, at Eddie Bauer. And I just decided on a whim to go. And he was talking about how he got into it. And he mentioned this club called the Washington Alpine Club. And it was like a little like light bulb went off on my head. And I was like, I have to do this. Like, this is why I'm here. Like this whole thing of like, why, like the fear of climbing mountains, but like wanting to do that, this is why I've been drawn here. So I immediately went and started talking to the people involved. And um, I ended up taking this like four month long course to kind of your graduation thing was to climb Mount Baker and to summit it. And so that was kind of what led up to it. For sure. That's kind of an epic start to summiting Mount Baker. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I don't know. I, I'm a big believer in synchronicity. Um, and I think things happen like kind of in like the right timing for you. And when I heard that, like him say, because I didn't even know courses like that existed at this point. Um, I was so like, I just went on day hikes and like did a couple backpacks, but I wasn't really aware of that. And so when it went off, I was like, that's what I have to do. And I remember turning to my friend Kyle, who was with me, and I was like, I'm going to take that course. And he was like, Liana, they only take like 30 people a year. Like you have to be like pretty like ready to take that. Um, and I managed to like talk my way into it. I think like they did like phone calls for it and they like interviewed you. You had to send in like a time for um, how long it took you to climb a certain hike with like 30 pounds in your backpack. You had to go through like two phone interview processes and I was definitely like the least qualified in that class. Like I was the youngest. Um, 
I had only backpacked, I think, once before. And I had just decided to, like, kind of dive full in. And it was pretty cool because they talked you through all of these different things that you would need to know before climbing a mountain. Um, mm. And it took a while. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But, I mean, it's all good being the least qualified, but you still got on the course for a reason. You still had something about you, which could otherwise be known as a bit of tenacity. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I think that was it <laughs> and, and, a, and a bit of uh, a, I think uh, something everyone should have inside them which is a bit of childish childish excitement which is definitely something I get with the mountains so. oh yeah it was like I've lived here my whole life you should pick me let me explore my own backyard <laughs> please I had seen Scott Kranz's photos and he takes like he just did this whole like 50 peaks in the North Cascades trip um and they were just insane. I was like, these are in my backyard. Like, I've lived in Seattle my whole life. And I kept thinking, like, to travel, you had to go to, like, Norway to get these insane peaks. Or you had to go up to Canada. Mm. And I was kind of in shock. I was like, that's two hours north of me? Like, and I've never been there. And I can get there? Like, I can figure out a way. I don't know. It was it was kind of a big moment for me. <laughs> like, a little okay. light at the end of the tunnel. I can actually relate with you there. I've got the same thing about the UK. Um, in the UK, where unless something happens, we're kind of unusually unpatriotic of our country. <laughs> and um, and I, I certainly had that attitude. Uh, and recently, I've been to the Lake Districts. Um, I've been down to Cornwall and like nice parts of Cornwall. And I've climbed Ben Nevis up in Scotland. And they've just blown blown my mind. And and I've, I've thought, the, thought the exact same thing. I was like, this is in my country. And <laughs> How do I not where, know about this? <laughs> yeah. And I've done road trips into the Swiss Alps and, and to Norway from, from the UK, which is quite <laughs> hilarious. Oh, yeah. but, um, but when I was driving in Scotland in the Highlands, I had the same thing. I was like, I thought I had to go to Europe to get roads like these, surrounded by mountains like these. So, uh, yeah, it's an incredible feeling. And But you're 32 hours away, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was... Um... That's some people's I mean, commute. I know, right? I was like, and well, that's the cool part about Seattle in general is you can go two hours north, you're at Mount Baker area, North Cascades. You go two hours south, you're at Mount Rainier. You go over to the Olympics. Like you're within two to three hours of so many different locations. Um, it's been like, honestly, I kept wanting to leave, like, because I was like, I need to leave like home because I need to like explore the world. And I was like, but I have everything here. Like it's such a hard place to leave like you have yeah. so many different things to explore for sure for sure so overall impressions of mount baker let's start talking a bit visual and descriptive so you're going there what can you see when you're down on that that i guess you call it the main level <laughs> where all <Yeah>. the peasants <laughs> walk <laughs> yeah. all the tourists no. yeah <laughs> Um, well, so you drive up and you're like basically in the forest the whole time. Um, you get some glimpses, but the thing about the North Cascades and Mount Baker is there's so many peaks. Like it's kind of like the sea of peaks, but you don't get to see it until you are up really high. Maybe you'll see like once you get up to like, I don't know, three, four thousand feet, you can see like the layers start to happen. But I think the thing about actually getting to that summit was you were like above all of it. So you could just see these sea of peaks forever. Um, but when you're driving up, you don't really like get that idea of how intense it's going to be or like how high you're actually going to go. Um, and I think they had prepped us in this course like so much that 
mentally I almost had like made it a bigger deal I think than it was I was like we I mean they dropped us in crevasses in this course to make sure you could get out so I was like ready for (laughs) all hell (laughs) Um, but no it was it it was pretty cool because you come out of the trees and you're just like kind of able to see Mount Baker but I don't know it's not the same as getting up to that top point yeah so let's get into the itinerary a bit then so you've for you specifically you've ended a an alpine course that's mm-hmm. not mandatory to to climb Mount Baker you don't have to do a course and then climb it <laughs> yeah, no you don't definitely like helps um especially when you're like me and you're coming from like only a hiking background um but yeah they really prepared us just with like they dropped like I said dropped us in crevasses we learned a lot of glacier traveling they prepared us for alpine climbing which was like glacier traveling plus rock climbing Mm. um up to peaks and so at this point we were really ready for it um and you start at like this area um that actually goes to another hike it's pretty popular it's called like Park Butte and you end up veering off of that and you get to your base camp um and you're camping on kind of on the glacier essentially and so you can see the summit and it kind of looks like you're right there you're like oh, I could do that in like three hours <laughs> and behold it takes no like feeling. and a half but <laughs> yeah it definitely um it took about four hours to get into the actual base camp and so we were carrying around 35 pounds of gear each we had like a team that we were with so we were all like separated within this group to teams of three or four um and then we would all carry all our stuff up together and then we found our glacier camp and from there you kind of prepare to do the summit sure and i think before we started recording you said people go to bed at six but what did you get up to when when everyone (laughs) went to bed well i went to bed at six but then i woke up at like 8 30 i think because i mean it was like the prettiest sunset i'd ever seen and i was gonna (laughs) pick that like, as a photographer, I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm up on this amazing glacier and not get out for golden hour. I mean, that's like a necessity. So I woke up and I, it's actually one of the most amazing sunsets I've ever seen. Um, there was an inversion, which is like when the clouds kind of drop below and it was a yeah. full moon that night. So you could see like the moon right above all these clouds and then like the layers of the mountains. Like I said, since it's amongst all these other peaks, you just get to see mountains upon mountains and they just go off into the distance and with that golden light, you're able to get those kind of like soft layers that just keep on going. Um, yeah. And I just sat there in awe. I was like, I am one about to climb a mountain, which is terrifying, but so, so exciting. And two, this is like, I, I couldn't even believe I was there. It was one of those moments where you're, you don't really feel like it's real, I guess. For sure. And base camp. So you mentioned cloud inversions from base okay. camp. So what altitude are we at before we do the summit push the next day? I want to say you're at like five or six thousand feet. So Which you've is like a certain made... amount of meters. Yeah, <laughs> I can't do the math quickly in my head. It's late here for me. <laughs> so the, the top is around ten thousand feet. So you're yeah. like at a four thousand feet below it, I believe, when you're at base camp. Okay, so you're about about fifteen hundred meters maybe 1700 meters it sure yeah <laughs> please don't send me hate mail for my bad maths <laughs> yeah. oh, i have no idea i wish we used meters and make it a lot easier 
Yeah, yeah. Well, the UK is backwards too. We, you know, we we measure fuel in liters. We measure efficiency in fuel in gallons. We do the distance in miles. The the notes to to mark how when you come off a motorway is in yards. Um, uh, and and yeah, we, we talk about altitude and meters. So we're messed up in the UK too. So it's just the world. We're all just kind of confused. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're stumbling around a little bit, wondering what You're the like, hell's gone for the last five years. Yeah. <laughs> so we've been to base camp we've set up you've had an extra extra bit of special moment at base camp <laughs> which is awesome to go out and and seize what how early were you waking up the next day talk us through the next day yeah so you wake up at midnight so you're getting up they like <laughs> my instructor actually like got up and yelled and it like echoed off the mountain he's like let's go climb this mountain <laughs> and i'm sure it like woke up everybody else too but granted they're also about to get up to climb this mountain so it kind of like, put you in this like really excited mode um and we had been waiting for this for a while like we were supposed to go the weekend before and it didn't work out because of weather and this was our last weekend to try and so we were all like super stoked um so you wake up at midnight and you like get everything ready you put on your crampons you rope up with your glacier team and so you guys are all connected to this rope together um you make sure like you have all your stuff ready and all your um like you even bring like a sleeping bag up just in case like the weather gets kind of crazy um and then you guys set off so it was a lot of us since it was a class and so I, my group was actually at the very front because my like instructor person that was with my group was like the second most qualified. So the other person was in the very back. Um, and so we set off and you just start climbing. Um, and it was pretty cool because there was no wind and the moon was out. So it was like a full moon. So you could actually hike without your headlamps. You could yeah. see everything. And as you look around, like as you're climbing higher and higher, you can start to see the cities like lights in the distance like i think at a certain point i could see seattle um which was i mean a crazy thought that you're able to see like seattle and then bellingham and as you're climbing it's just starting to get more and more surreal like the clouds are dipping and um you're starting to see these like huge crevasses which are like big cracks in the ice like next to you and you see these insane like ice formations um and you just kind of just keep on going and going kind of trudging like glacier climbing is a lot of just walking like I mean you're walking with like a purpose and you're going but it does take a long time so at around I believe sunrise um it was a probably about 5 30 in the morning so this is like what four or five hours into climbing we stop and we are at the basin so we're like right where all this like so mount baker is an active volcano so you can see this like sulfur coming out and you can see it kind of like steaming so i went over to the crater and you could look in and i mean what a surreal feeling to be looking inside of a volcano i was kind of like shook um and then (laughs) (laughs) it was sunrise and i was just like is this even happening am i dreaming like um because it, it last was... erupted in 1880, so I'd be looking at it going, mm, you seem a bit overdue, mate. <laughs> yeah, you're, I'm like glad I'm not on there now. Get up and down. <laughs> yeah, they keep saying that Rainier might erupt in like the next 50 years, and I'm like, that's not, okay. <laughs> I don't like to think about that part. <laughs> I just block sure, that up sure. completely. <laughs> um, but so then you get to this part of the climb, which is called the Roman Wall, and so you're 
it's like a lot steeper than the rest of the climb. And so you are going up in like a zigzag motion right next to the crater. And so as you're going up, you're starting to look down and be able to see into the crater and you're seeing like all the smoke come out and you're looking behind you and you have all these teams below you. And I think that was the only point in the climb where I kind of was like, holy moly, like this is, this is really happening. Like if I fall, like, not not gonna be good um like I will take all these other people out with me one um two but you were just like on a I want to say like 45 degree slant um and you're climbing up and I don't know you're really using your ice axe at that point to like at least I was to like hold in as much as possible um because I kind of started like the altitude starting to head a little bit you're heading at like 9,000 feet um and so everything just starts getting really real at that point um luckily like nothing bad happened and we were all like having an amazing climb but I think mentally that was the only point where I was like I don't know about this (laughs) like this is a lot I mean it was really cool but very intense for sure so still pushing still getting up past Mm -hmm. all those climbers getting that weird natural high of altitude yeah (laughs) I kind of liked it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, what kind of what time did you get to the summit then? So we summited around seven a.m. Um, so it took about seven hours, which, like down, like I said before, it looks like it's going to take like two hours. You look like you're like so close. Um, it took about seven hours to get to Next the very time. top. Yeah, yeah, and that's like I mean, we took a couple of breaks during it just to like hydrate and eat some snacks. Um, pro tip: those like cliff shot blocks are amazing i kept eating these little like shot blocks and they have like caffeine and or like sugar and electrolytes in them and yeah. i swear that's what got me up the mountain i think i ate like two packs um, <laughs> it's like five cups of coffee but um yeah the top you're able to see like for miles and we all just kind of sat down and like hung out i know people who got there earlier they took a nap on the top of the summit which seems pretty epic to me um but yeah when you're at the top it's I don't know I think for me it was kind of one of those things where I had never thought like I could actually really climb a mountain like when I joined this mountaineering course my parents were like what are you doing like can't can't you take up like painting Liana like you just got out of college and you feel the need to take a mountaineering course like there's no other activity that you would like to do please like And so it was never something that I was like, oh, yeah, I could do this. And so when I got to the top and actually made it, I think it, like, instilled in me this huge amount of confidence that, like, if I set my mind to something, I could accomplish it and I could actually get there. And um, pushing through that, like, seven hours plus of, like, the climb up um, and realizing that, like, my body would actually do that, um, again, was something that I think stayed with me for a long time just because it made me realize that there's a lot of other things out there that I could also push through to do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's there's something quite achieving about mountains. And, and for me, I, I find something about them. There's, there's a quote by a lady called Victoria Erickson, and I'm not going to try and repeat it because I will just butcher it. So I'll paraphrase it. Okay. But she essentially talks about her love for, you know, sand dunes, the ocean, lakes, rivers, forests, and then says, but there's something about mountains that just draws her back every time. Uh, and I think 
I, I think it's a part so- of it is that sense of achievement when you get to a summit and you're looking down on everyone else, uh, not rudely. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but you're looking down, yeah, <laughs> stay away. <laughs> I'm um, <laughs> yeah you're just looking down and just just thinking just you know at least in this area for for as far as you can see you know is is you're you're the highest person so yeah yeah Majestic. there's a definitive end as well it's not a continuous hike and afterwards you may or may not get that sense of achievement you get to a summit or something and you you know that you went and you did it and you, you can come back down yeah it's the mountains will always have my heart. Like I love the ocean and I love forests and stuff, but the mountains, there's something about them that it's true. It just keeps drawing you back because when, when you're at the bottom, like it's this huge, magnificent thing and you just feel so small upon like, like it instills awe, you know, like Mm -hmm. it makes you just kind of have those moments where you're so present, like nothing else. You can't even think of anything else because you're so in awe of, what this world is and then when you get to the top like you said it's this huge sense of achievement because you can't like fast forward climbing a mountain like you can't even just like run up the mountain like you have to do it step by step and you have to work through mentally like the whole thing and i almost think like half of it is a mental game of can i do this and when you get to the top yeah it's i think it's kind of life-changing honestly like i think it really made me look at things in my life as things that I could overcome and I could get to that next level and I could keep pushing and it instilled a confidence in me that nothing else that I've ever done has. Do you find getting up into the mountains and just being surrounded by that awe and then just feeling tiny do you think that do you find that has an effect on your life and life's challenges and and the perspective of it all? I think so I think I mean I'm sure it's like hit me in innumerable ways um one just being able to be present like in our society we are so like you know like social media we're constantly looking at that it's everything's fast-paced everything's happening at once we're like involved in all these like minute details when you are able to get to like a location or be amongst things that just inspire that awe like you're able to kind of feel like the bigger part of it you're able to like see the bigger picture almost in a way and take yourself out of that mental cloud that I think a lot of times we can live in and it almost feels clear I guess to me and I don't really find that clarity anywhere else um and then just like I guess when I push myself on hikes or to do bigger things and to keep doing it it helps me in other ways to know that I can push through I don't know like a career type of thing or an emotional thing and know that I can come out on top or I can at least get through it and it'll make me stronger um because I think when you grow and like your life is not just segmented like one part of your life if you grow in that it's going to help you in all the other ways and I've just found that it's like the number one way I can be connected I guess yeah for sure so I would have mentioned this at the beginning of this podcast after I (laughs) record an intro when we're done here <laughs> but uh, I I actually think you are one of the most underrated photographers on Instagram. Your shots are incredible. Thank you. But with uh, you're welcome. But with that comes a lot of skill, a lot of knowledge of what to do, and just really pursuing that perfect shot. So I was going to ask you, how do you balance take getting that perfect shot and getting the content mm-hmm. with living in the moment? So I think that. 
it is about like being I like to be there first I guess like mentally like enjoy it before I pull out my camera because you're able to see like what's the important things and what's grabbing my attention and kind of feel what that experience is giving to you before you pull out to capture it um but I also kind of think that photography makes me look at the world deeper like I know a lot of people are like can you really experience it when you're looking through a lens is it taking away from the experience but the way that photography has impacted me is it's allowed me to look at the world so much like more deeply I'm able to look at the light in a different way I look at all the details and I appreciate like how beautiful they are I I pay attention to things that I think before I was just kind of glazing over I wasn't I was like oh the scene's pretty but why I didn't you know, I couldn't have told you why I think that's so beautiful. But with photography, you kind of pick out these specific details. You look at the light, the way it's hitting like a certain mountain or a certain plant. And you have to focus on that because that's how you find the art form. Um, but I think also it is about putting your camera away at a certain point and just being like, I just want to be here. Yeah. And I think there does come a balance because I know I used to just have my camera out like snapping everything in like I was just like I'm gonna take pictures of it all just to make sure <laughs> um, but I think now that I've gotten farther into it I kind of know what I'm starting to look for and so I know when the moment gets really special and when I want to take that photo and then I also know when I've I've done enough like I have like 400 photos or more like of the same spot I'm fine like I can just sit <laughs> down now and hang out with my friends and like just soak it up um so yeah that moment of realization that you mentioned of of noticing the world in a different way at what point is that is that when you're looking through the lens or is that when you're back back in the room in Lightroom having a look at the editing I think it's actually even before looking at the lens I think photography is a way of seeing the world like I think it teaches you to see and that's such a weird thing to say like it teaches you to see we all know how to see but <laughs> it teaches you how to notice these things and so when I'm out in my daily life and I don't even have my camera on me I'm looking at the world differently now and I'm noticing the light that's coming through the trees or I'm noticing the flowers that are coming out and how they pop against this like green or the different like terrain types and how they mix together and then that allows me when I do have my camera to kind of start to pick those things out and of course I mean the editing part is like one of the most fun parts of yeah. it all because you guys just get to like continue the excitement of what you saw when you yeah. were there um but yeah I think it is more about like it changes the way you look at the world for sure for sure so on the way to Mount Baker you said that you had built it up in your head quite a bit and I, <laughs> I wanted to know do you think that helped you smash the day or do you think it kind of hindered you what did you find yourself maybe hesitating in certain areas because you built up i think it kind of helped me um i think sometimes we make things so scary and then when you get to the reality and you're like oh i'm actually like i'm okay i don't know it i think since my parents had kind of been obviously they don't want their like child like falling off a mountain right so they made it very scary to me like they had kind of tried to make it scary oh, no. to me like not in a mean way but they, my mom like sh she was having nightmares about it right oh, and God. so she yeah she would tell me about these nightmares which then made me have these like terrifying nightmares too um 
But I think like facing something like that and realizing it's not actually as scary as I've made it up in my mind to be kind of makes you like think about everything else in your life that you make this like it into this huge problem when really it's probably not that bad. Um, mm. And I think it did kind of, I mean, I wish I didn't have to go through that necessarily. I wish I would have just been able to be like, I got this. Um, but I think it did help to like the sense of achievement, you know, and being able to kind of recognize like the fear for what it was. Yeah, for sure. And talking about fear, uh, not that's a perfect segue, but I, I, I thought of this when you were saying you're writing, you know, you're journaling, you're thinking, what would I do if, if, if I, if I wasn't scared? So, mm-hmm. I mean, first of all, uh, I think it's worth pointing out that it's almost impossible to, to not be scared when the time is right. It's just about... Yeah sort of harnessing that essentially but I was interested to know for you taking this course you know you at this point we're starting Mount Baker you've already been plunged into a crevasse like you said and (laughs) and I'm I'm sure it wasn't quite you know get out find a way (laughs) and they were teaching you yeah they were gonna pull us out if we needed (laughs) but that's but that's quite something in itself uh, to, to then climb Mount Baker what sort of things did you do to manage that fear if you experienced it at all I think when I was actually like on the mountain, I wasn't actually as scared as I thought I was going to be. I was lucky to be surrounded by a lot of people that would have taken care of me if the time needed. Um, But I think like it was kind of about getting quiet. Like I find that fear for me at least comes with almost anxiety. It comes with like a ton of thoughts of what if this happens? What if this goes wrong? What if this happens? Like what if the weather's awful? And it kind of makes my head go around these like loops. And for me, like I've started to try and meditate. And I think being able to get into the stance of like, just focus on your breathing, just focus on the next step, just focus on what you're doing has been able to quiet that fear because, you know, you do feel it. Like it is like an innate, a feeling and, you know, that's like, okay. Cause that can be turned into adrenaline that can be turned into action. Yeah. But when you let it get to that anxiety state of like it's in your head, it just clouds everything. And I think that's what really stops us from doing stuff is when we get too mentally um, kind of messed up and like involved in the what ifs instead of just focusing on like the moment that's like right there in front of you and dealing with it in that moment. Because like for me, when I can kind of dial in right in that present moment, I don't feel the fear as much and I'm able to use it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because essentially, fear is your body saying, get ready, anyway. Mm-hmm. And, and if you don't know that's what it's saying, or all you think is, like, holy crap, I, I'm, you know, I'm shaking, my, I feel a bit sick, my, I'm going lightheaded, what the hell's going on? You know, yeah. if you understand that's your body getting ready, then that's, yeah, yeah, you can yeah. use it. That's interesting. It's like you can so, kind of change it. <laughs> yeah. So two last wrap-up questions, then. So you are on your way to Mount Baker. You're in control of the radio. What are three non-negotiable tracks that you're playing on the way there? Oh, gosh. Okay. Let's see. So I don't know about specific songs, but, like, general music, I would probably... I, like, really like, like, happy, upbeat, kind of poppy music a little bit, like Odessa or, like, Flume or any of those type of songs. Yeah. That are kind of going to get you in, like, a happy... Major key drum, kind of drum-based dance. Yeah. Yeah. Like Flume isn't really drum bass, but yeah. Yeah, Flume or Odessa or like um like Petite Biscuit, which I think is a little bit quieter, but like having those ones that are just like just gets me happy, gets me like able yeah. to kind of 
dance it out like in a happy-go-lucky mood I think that's that's what I would put on personally (laughs) perfect perfect and last question of your time climbing Mount Baker what is one moment that you would relive oh I right when I went and I looked into the crater it was the most I mean my jaw like dropped I've never had the moment where I've actually like been totally speechless but I was completely speechless because you look in and you see like the sulfur coming out but you also like you see the mountain beyond it and then you see all these little tiny mountains that just keep on going and I mean I've never experienced anything like it it was awe-inspiring perfect and we've spoken a little uh quite a bit about photography I've mentioned your shots that you took there if the listeners wanted to go somewhere and see those photos, where's best to check you out? Well, so I'm on Instagram at Seeking the Now. And then I also have a website which shows my portfolio, which is um, seekingthenow.com. But I would definitely do the Instagram, probably. The website's a little bit more like portfolio based and not as me, I guess. For sure. Well, listen, Liana, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. It's really been my pleasure. Thank you. Of course, it's been so fun chatting with you. It was a super nice podcast to record and just nice to get into some of those first major hike stories and hear about them, plus those fantastic photography opportunities. Like we said, if you want to go and check them out, Seeking the Now on Instagram and seekingthenow.com. I really recommend you you check out her stuff. It's, It's really incredible. If you like what you hear, please consider hitting the subscribe or the follow button. If you want to come on the show, please email me on btmtravelpod at gmail.com or btmtravelpod, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And I hope you have a lovely day and I'll see you in the next one.